stole my Adele voice. My so, Adele voice. Don't quit your day job to be a singer. I've been praying since the time I was a young boy that one day I would grow up and, you know, be a ballroom singer. Um, or at least the piano man from that Billy Joel song. <laughs> been aiming for it my entire existence. And uh, unfortunately, my voice wound up like this. You could do um, maybe Nirvana. Rape me. <laughs> <laughs> Rape me, my friend. Welcome to the Nightmare Box. Presenting Mistakes Were Made. My name's Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the rapable Kristen Pennington. I didn't, I didn't have anything. And, Soon to uh, be toasted because uh, I am drinking on an empty stomach. <laughs> drinking on an empty stomach. But you know what you're drinking that I'm not drinking? You're drinking some Blue Moons. I am drinking You're not enjoying the sweet, smooth taste of bad dragon's breath. They're actually brewed with orange pills already. I didn't know that. Huh. Fun times. Should we just switch the whole, you know, uh, gear of our podcast and discuss the brewing process? I think uh, <laughs> for Two Star Tuesdays, we should have a big bowl of popcorn mm. and beer and just kind of turn it into a movie night discussing movies. Just munch directly into the mic. Yeah. Sexy. I like for all those people, people who hate the sound of us swallowing beer already into the microphone. Nah. They're coming at you with some crunchy ass popcorn. <laughs> we sit. I feel like when we first started, you could hear them a bit more, or, yeah, like, hear the yeah. swallowing sound a bit more, but uh, we sit a little further back now, and I think it's gotten better. Yeah, but the move would have been doing that in the old apartment, where we had the fancy black lady lived upstairs. We could just have them, like, yell over the top of the podcast. <laughs> no? No. Didn't want to go into the stereotypes no. of different races in movie theaters? No, I'm good. Thanks, though. Some Asian guy trying to bootleg it. Why are you trying to crash and burn the episode before it even starts? <laughs> you gotta get off the ground for you to crash the plane. Okay, well. Hijack it halfway through. Okay, that's what happened on 9 11. <laughs> Very effective. <laughs> oh, all right, I, I think I'm gonna call it a day. Okay, so well, that was the Nightmare week. Box. You can find us over on <laughs> youtube.com slash Kristen Pennington. Go watch the dolls. Because that's the only plug Brett knows. <laughs> The nightmare block stop blag. <laughs> block stop blag. <laughs> that one was actually kind of clever. I know. I, I all I am is clever. You... That implies that you maybe actually know that URL though. Do what? I said that implies that you maybe actually do. See, know I that always URL, think though. I do, and then when it comes time to say it, I always fuck it up. But what is it? Just because now people are waiting with bated breath. Uh, the nightmare box stop blog. There it is. Nightmare. Box dot blog. Black stop black. <laughs> black stop black. Yeah. Or block stop black. <laughs> God damn. Um, we don't have a whole hell of a lot to talk about today, so we're just going to kind of meander our way through as we tend to do. Um, we will be bringing you guys a two star on Tuesday. Um, that makes it a little easier for us because we don't have to come up with two hour long conversation topics um, when we do that. So. Yeah, and, off mic, we don't really find each other that interesting. No, no, no. <laughs> Kristen's terribly boring. <laughs> <laughs> She's normally just happy and content with her yeah. life. For some reason, trying to project my feelings onto Brett, and that's just never a good time. No, no, no. I went on a drive today thinking, I'm going to let Kristen have a little bit of breathing room in her life. I'm going to go... Why are you calling me out on the podcast? Yeah, you started it right then. <laughs> Um, I was making I was fun like, of myself, not you, though. Like, I'm going to get out in the middle of nowhere, you know, mud around, get stuck in some ice, have to get wenched, pulled, wenched, pulled, <laughs> uh, pulled out by a wench, uh, not by a wench, by by an ATV that had a wench on it. Uh, lassie. <laughs> get pulled out by a wench. Cost you $20. <laughs> but um, oh I came home and, and Kristen had had a whole argument in her brain. It wasn't an argument. I was worried. He normally tells me where he's going and then texts me to let me know that he yeah. got there safe. You never texted me to say you got well, there. I was like, I never got anywhere. I just drove around. He didn't say anything. So I was just like, okay, whatever. He's out driving around. But then I sent you a text and an hour went by that you didn't reply to my text. So I was like, oh my God, he's dead at the bottom of a ravine. I mean, you weren't far off. I was... 
I wasn't in a ravine. I was near a ravine and stuck. And uh, I am from Tennessee, and I do not have four-wheel drive capability in the Jeep as, uh, as of right now. Um, so I was just driving around on this muddy road that quickly turned into like a sheet of glass, and I got super-duper stuck. And I was like trying to grab handfuls of grass and tuck them underneath the tires to get enough traction like a rookie. And I've got this comforter I keep in the back thinking that it would help me out of this situation. And it didn't do I fuck all. I've heard cat litter works really well. So maybe yeah. we should buy some spare cat litter to keep it in That would car. not be a bad idea. That or some like sand. You know? <laughs> keep that back there. So I had my first like Montana moment today. And then I'm driving down after being rescued by two people who are more man than I'll ever be in my entire life. Um and then you called, and I, I could tell that I'd upset you. So I'm Come sorry. On. on public record. <laughs> I didn't know if you were hurt. I was not hurt. <laughs> I thought I was going to lose the Jeep for a minute, though. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was trying to get out, and I had the door open. And I was like, I might just have to dive out this bitch and then dig my Jeep out of a ravine. <laughs> okay, you didn't tell me yeah, that. You well, were close to Well, a because ledge. you were already crying. You, yeah. were, you were close to a I ledge. mean, not like a bad ledge, but like, Still. yeah, a ledge. <laughs> Tell me you know, that. It would have hit some trees. It wouldn't have gone all the way down. <gasps> you had justifiable fear, okay? <laughs> but I'm okay. The Jeep's okay. Kristen's okay. <laughs> now I know that I need four-wheel four drive. drive and cat litter. Yeah, because the, the old Montana rancher guy who came and saved my ass was like giving me all these little points of advice. He goes, well, first I'd fix your fucking transfer box. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come up belts. here without four-wheel drive. Yeah. And my heater. Yeah. I, I needed, a few things. No, I needed to be a good little southern boy and tear up some mud today. And I did that for a long time, and it was a blast. <laughs> and then I got scared shitless and uh, came home, and Kristen was scared, and I was scared, and everybody was you scared. You didn't tell me that part. It was not something you needed to know in the moment, because you were already upset. <laughs> oh, so you're telling me on the podcast, yeah, so I can't be upset. Exactly. No, now you got to laugh it <laughs> yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, I was reasonably worried the universe was talking to me. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the universe talks to you, and that's how I came up with a rough draft yesterday. In so? roughly an hour. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> the universe just speaks to you, creates all these fantasy world uh, <laughs> stories inside your brain place. That might be a mental illness, actually. It is. Uh, it's, it's bipolar. Uh, and it... it I've just encapsulated it into a career that I can make money there off you of. Go. Yeah, you gotta, you know, people are gonna take advantage of you in this world. Don't let them take advantage of yourself. Was that in the time I had taken my bath that you wrote that? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you banged it out. Yeah. And like, literally I got back, you were in the bath, and then I had time to like decompress from my going to the bookstores and stuff. And then I wrote it, and then I still had time to play a video game. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that because uh, how long is it uh it's only seven pages it's for the homework assignment if you guys are not at this point uh balls deep in the homework assignment you, you need you got some catching up to do because uh, yeah, this will come out yeah, we're a week ahead of you in this recording um so yeah it was only seven pages because for the homework assignment it needed to be between five and 15 it's very action heavy so i figure seven pages will probably put us around that 10 minute mark and even if it doesn't, I appreciate for not making it 10 minutes of action. No, no, you're, you're more than welcome. There's a lot of movement, but it's <laughs> movement, you know, in a very controlled space. And all the movement leads to something, so there's no empty movement in there. Did a pretty good job for a first take on it. I liked it. But um, seven pages in uh, roughly an hour when you sat down with no actual... Concept. I'm assuming, yeah, concrete concept. Um, I had an idea of what we were doing with our stocking because part of the homework assignment, it needed to involve an object in a Christmas stocking, and that's all I had going into it. So was that difficult for you at all? Um, this one wasn't, but I spent a couple hours out and about yesterday. I uh, went to three different bookstores, so I kind of was mulling it over in my head on the drive between you know the different stores and trying to think of how I wanted to play with it. So when I got in, I had a vague idea of what I wanted it to be about, and then it was just writing that. Um, but I read every day. I try to write every day. And it definitely helps you 
get the words out faster. You know, it's, I, I hate to keep referencing it, uh, but Stephen King's on writing. He talks about, you know, like you can't rely on the muse. Like you just have to keep showing up and hope that it meets you, you yeah. know, halfway. Um, and when you're there every day and you know that's what you're going to do, then it, I don't know. It, it t- doesn't take as long to get into the zone, you know? It's kind of like having a fine-tuned, well-oiled machine yeah. that well, you're starting yeah. out with. My, my own little, you know, nicotine tar. Again, <laughs> <laughs> enlarged liver machine. <laughs> oh, this is true. It's a rusty machine. It's but like I mean, my tires on ice. <laughs> but I mean, that's... Uh... A realistic problem most writers are going to have. Um, there's always going to be a deadline you have to meet. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're writing your first book o- ever in like the comfort of your own home and you haven't pitched it to anyone, maybe not on that one. But if you get a publishing deal and they expect another work from you, then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you've got a deadline to meet. So yeah. if your agent signs you out for two novels and you've only got one written and a concept for a second, then now you don't have the luxury you had with the first book. Mm-hmm. Now you've got a timeline to make the second one happen. So what, what would be your advice for kind of making that process easier? Like, do you, like you read a lot, obviously yeah. we've discussed that a bunch. Do you think that reading and writing stuff either that's not related to the work that you're doing often kind of helps whenever yeah. you need to work on a time crunch yeah you you should be almost constantly writing or thinking about writing i i'm not saying you know turn into an obsessed zombie about it i'm lucky in the regard of i i really enjoy writing um and it's what i want to do with my career so i find it fun the whole process um and i i I feel what normal people would fill their hobby time with, with writing. Like if I've got that extra couple of minutes, I'm behind the laptop or I'm reading a book. Um, I don't watch a lot of sports, you know, (laughs) (coughs) we don't have cable. So you even listen to stories because you listen to podcasts all the time. Constantly. Yeah. So the advice would be, you know, kind of like that. Like, bar off X amount of time. If you can only write 500 words a day, um, if you can only write a paragraph a day, make it a habit that you're always doing that. You know, every single day at 530 uh, in the afternoon or whatever it is, I've got this 15-minute block and I can fill that time with 200 words. And then you just keep filling that block. Eventually, you're not going to want to get up from behind the computer and you're going to be thinking about how to make those 200 words happen at the end of your day all day. And that's going to be a stronger 200 words. Um, The problem comes when you're like, well, I'm going to take a break from my writing. You know, like a lot of people are probably doing now that nano's over. Um, Probably haven't sat down and written anything because you were writing every day for the entire uh, month of November. Now you're getting rusty. Now you're getting rusty because you're not there every single day. So the next time you show up, it's going to be hard. The blank page is going to be scary because you haven't done anything. My video editing skills are going to be rusty as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you ever find yourself, because I don't think this is a topic we've ever talked about, and you said you're lucky because you enjoy writing. Do you ever find Mm -hmm. yourself frustrated though when you have like a problem in your work that you haven't like figured out how to solve yet or is that just like a challenge to you that you're it's very frustrating uh it is a challenge um i think anybody in any procession any profession probably understands that part of it you know um i don't know why i'm umming and you knowing so much (laughs) bugging me but I'm sorry, hit me with it again. I distracted myself. Do you ever find yourself frustrated with like the problems in your own work that you haven't quite figured out yet? Yeah, like it's it's frustration because there's nothing that you can do to fix it. Like if the idea is not coming to you, the idea is not coming to you. The best way that I've learned to like circumvent that whole process is to work on something else. I've got, I've constantly got projects going. I've got three that are in some stage of edit right now. 
so I can always go and just go work on those in the meantime so I'm not wasting my time or losing my time to you know have my creative outlook I've got a book that I'm working on very slowly that is just sitting in my Scrivener and I go back to it whenever I can to try to expound on that you did finish your edits though I did yeah I finished the nightmare box edits brainchild that started all this bullshit so now it's just retyping now the I gotta whole type damn it thing fucking letter by letter back into my goddamn laptop and i'm a happy fucking boy <laughs> that's exciting that you finished editing it though yeah but like i i don't know i think that's the curious thing for me because uh like when you're even in the active process of writing a story like you're the one creating it so you're having to like bring the concept to life and like with filmmaking um barring any weird challenges like whenever mm-hmm. we had to chainsaw down the door that was kind of a moment for me where it was like jesus christ how, <laughs> how am i gonna pull this off like I, this is a problem that i have to figure out how i'm gonna solve this problem but other than that like the actual filmmaking process for me seems like kind of a no-brainer so it's like oh i'm gonna do this shot and that shot and that shot and we're gonna move on and hopefully nobody fucks up their lines and we've got time and we're all right but then when you get to the editing process like i've continuously found myself so frustrated with like editing together like scenes so that seems seamless or like pacing and scenes and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and i'll just be like sitting there like smashing my face against the keyboard (laughs) like how the fuck do i make this work (laughs) but like the actual filming process i'm just kind of like ah like pick up the camera i'm good to go ready to rock Uh, the the editing in the writing is is difficult but i I don't know i guess it's the other way around kind of because when you're stuck and you have nothing, like you're coming up with this, this yeah. is all happening inside your imagination. And the editing, you're just kind of fixing yeah. what you did. The editing, you have the blueprint, and it's frustrating because you felt so good when you wrote the motherfucker. You're like, <laughs> everybody is going to love my piece of art. And then you read it, you're like, I think a third grader just fucking wiped his ass with my page. Why did I talk about this for fucking Pages. a whole chapter? <laughs> Like what? Like the whole first part of the Nightmare Box is a issue because it was written by a guy who did none of the research but knew where it needed to go. So like, getting to where my character needs to get to for the story to like start start is a fucking issue. It's a problem, <laughs> but I need it to happen because it's pinnacle for later. So like, I've got some events that need to happen right up front to make the end of it, you know, wrap up perfectly like a bow but they don't know how to get from that important scene to the place that he needs to get to in a logical kind of way. Yeah. Like he comes in. um, I don't give away the story. I'm not going to give it away, but the issue is like he (coughs) winds up with this house more or less. Like the deed gets signed over to him. You've got to make that feasible. And I have to make that feasible and I need to understand, which means I'm going to have to do some research, the different ways that one could get the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are going to be like, well, you know, make it the, the it's dad. It's an inheritance. Yeah, it's an inherited house. That doesn't work mm-hmm. because of the rest of the story. It, it can't be an inheritance. Um, he doesn't have a good relationship with the people that he would have been inheriting the house from. It would create a whole plot hole it's for like the character. It's like great expectations. Um, you busting they... out some great expectations knowledge on me? <laughs> in the middle of fucking nowhere? You're just going to hit me with great expectations? Yeah, Charles Dickens? Have... Oh, don't tell me you remembered it. Now you can't remember. Now we're now we're really well, dumb. Like they have Pip come live with them, yeah. and that's like the whole point. Like way later on, they end up in uh, endowing, I guess maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, part of the fortune or something to him. But she was like, or he was like a random kid that yeah. she had like brought to live with him. So. There you go. It's just some very wealthy old person on their deathbed who's like, I've got to leave this to someone. I have no children. Even that wouldn't work for the story. <laughs> That's the problem. Like all the logical was... ways that this should happen, it doesn't work on one level or another. And that was a seamless edit because Kristen more or less revealed the whole plot to the book <laughs> that know. she's not read. I haven't read it. She kind of felt her way around and grasped. <laughs> 
at... I, I took a writing class yeah. or two. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Brett's got this problem. I'm just going to throw out a random joke, and then random joke just happens to be pretty damn close to why I can't figure out the problem. <laughs> So uh, that was a that was a that was a smooth edit, Kristen. I'm proud of future Kristen for <laughs> the beauty you. that she just created, and uh, <laughs> Thank you. we're gonna cut that out of the episode because <laughs> I had to pause it and explain it to her to be like, no, we cannot discuss this. <laughs> I have not. And now I'm a hack. Now I'm a hack. Now I got to go rewrite the whole no, fucking book. No, no. I'm I took a couple of writing classes. <laughs> Give me some credit. I, I She's very, got her creative juices flowing. Very briefly double minored in one of those double minors that I quit was writing. <laughs> I am a hack. <laughs> you're like, oh, here's how you can fix the problem. And it's like, no, that is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that is the pinnacle point. I like that, though. Yeah. No, it's brilliant, isn't it? I wrote it fucking four years ago. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's been my hinge point for the entire goddamn book. And you guessed it out of the blue. <laughs> I would, I would not have, um, oh, I haven't read the book. I don't know if yeah. I would have guessed it. But does my problem book. make a lot more sense yes. now? Yeah. Because, yeah, never mind. I'm off this topic. The <laughs> nightmare box is being rewritten. It's going to be great. And now I have to rewrite the ending, too. <laughs> no, no, I like it. You just got to type it all back in. <laughs> I got bigger problems in this book. You know, there is the initial setup. Um, but as I've probably mentioned on here, my guy has uh, a wife, a son, and a daughter. In proper nuclear family type a situation. Son and a daughter. Yeah, and the son uh, disappears at the end of like the second or third chapter, and you never see him again, and he's just gone. He's never addressed by any of the other characters. <laughs> All that matters for the story is the dude, his daughter, and his wife. So, so are you going to cut the son out? Do you think son's completely cut? He's not... Nixing that yeah, kid. He's he's not needed. Kill your um, darlings. Yeah, no, you have to. Especially when you go back and you're reading the beginning, you have to understand, right? Like, I, I had to take a lot of short story classes to kind of get this. But you would write like a 10-page short story, and then you'd turn it in, and we'd start workshopping it. And then without fail, you'd get it back, and everybody had a this-is-where-your-story-starts moment. And sometimes they would just carve out the whole first page and a half oh and be boy. like, start here when he walks into the bathroom or whatever. You don't need all this setup for the story to sit on its own weight. At least you had a point where your story started. I yeah. I did a You fiction. didn't have a start? I did. Did you write it backwards? <laughs> you Tarantino, the fucking short story? No, I had other stories that were fine, but I did a fiction writing class. Um I want to say at the same time that I did my first screenwriting class, so it was before you and I met. Um, And I was, at that time, double minoring and also trying to, you know, do my film major, which Mm -hmm. required a whole lot of work, uh, just trying to finish my major. All I I majored with the creative writing side, and I had no free time, so I I don't understand how you would minor it at all. (laughs) Well, you did, though. What the... I did, but I'm special. <laughs> Creative but, writing uh, major, writing minor. You want to disappoint <laughs> your parents and future employers all in one fell swoop? That's the fucking way to go. So I'm going to be really good at a thing that people don't know how to do anymore. I'm going to double down at writing degrees in the Twitter America of 2019. <laughs> Donald Trump's the president of the United States. Nobody reads above a third grade reading level. All our news is fucking misspelled and nobody even notices. Your future looks bright. I know. <laughs> I'm going to be the one smart dude screaming into a tunnel going, God damn it! <laughs> but I uh, was majoring in film production, which mm-hmm. is what my degree is in. I was minoring in theater, which required uh, like a lot of outside of class yeah. work too, and then trying to double minor in writing because I just randomly decided one day I this really... This will be easy. Yeah, I really <laughs> wanted to do it. Well, I knew they had like the screenwriting classes and stuff like that, and then... Even the fiction writing class was fun, but once I got past those, it was like, now you got to do poetry writing and shit. And I was like, no, I'm good. Yep. No, I sat through (laughs) all of those. Classic poetry. I spent a semester learning about nothing but that goddamn pantameter bullshit. I took two (laughs) semester-long classes on Shakespeare. Don't. But, uh... I much would have preferred, by the way, like, we talked about it a lot when uh, we were still in school. Like, I didn't get why there were not themed classes for modern 
writers like mm-hmm. why there wasn't a Stephen King class where like you read The Shining and you try to understand The Shining as opposed to reading like all the Edgar Allan Poe like <laughs> you know I get the importance of Poe I get the importance of Shakespeare hate the bitch but whatever um got an episode called fuck Shakespeare so I think that works <laughs> um but like there was never like a this is Kafka, and we're going to read Kafka all semester. The, Cormac McCarthy, we're going to read him all semester. Or, uh, people like that, you know, that are yeah. like quote-unquote modern-day gods of the craft. Kafka's dead, and McCarthy's like in his 80s, but you know yeah. what I'm saying. Modern-day. Yeah, and, I mean, I feel like, to be fair, my film degree wasn't as focused as I would have liked it to have been either. Yeah, you should have been taking classes on <laughs> Quentin Tarantino and Francis Ford Coppola and <laughs> But I was going to say a minute ago. Um, I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. <laughs> you do, you cut me off all I know. the time. <laughs> I was going to say cut a minute thoughts. ago. Um, <laughs> I had other stories that were better than this one, but I was, mm-hmm. I was buried under a load of work and had no fucks to give. I wrote a ghost story from a fiction yeah. writing class that was full of all of the dumb, unexplainable cliches yeah. from start to finish. And they were just kind of like, eh. <laughs> like, this is just all the cliches you could find combined yeah. into one story. I read a story from a, uh, a student that did not want to be in that class. Like, you could tell that he was like kind of put there against as well. And it was just called My Weekend. And <laughs> it was like how cool he was like hanging out in the frat. And <laughs> he's like, Friday night. Get off class. Start Booze, looking. Chicks, yeah, football. yeah. Start looking for bitches, and then it was just like wake up hungover, but not hungover enough to not go to the toga party. Booze and bitches. <laughs> wake up, puke on myself. Getting drunk on a Sunday. Booze, bitches. Wake up. Remember, I have this homework assignment. Like there was no bullshit. Like that was like his third act was that he woke up that morning and realized he didn't have anything to bring to uh, the writing workshop. What did the teacher say? Uh, kicked him out of the workshop. <laughs> oh my! I mean, props to that teacher. Yeah, he he walked into the room and he says, "We're reading this, and you're not. Get out of the room." And the guy had to like leave. And we all had to sit around and read this. And he goes, if anybody in this fucking room brings me shit like this, like, he was pissed. <laughs> I would be too, though. Yeah. He's like, you're going to make, you're going to waste 15 minutes. We could have spent discussing all this other shit. And you're going to show up basically saying you got too drunk this weekend to do your job. Yeah. Fuck you. That was uh, <laughs> one thing my film professor was always big on he was like if you don't take it seriously you might as well get out because it's leave hard enough to be successful as is if you don't take it seriously you're not going to be successful so just go ahead and step out no you're (laughs) gonna be one of those writers that we find all the time on the facebook pages where it's like i call myself a writer i haven't written in six months and it's like well you're not in the game i I don't don't understand why i don't have the ability to write because I have this other degree. Yeah, or what was it that I was reading this morning on there? And it was like the Ritter. I'm, I'm, yeah. I make M A K. The Ridding. The Ridding good, and it's like no, you don't. You you do not make the Ridding good. If you uh, I don't text this way in general, but uh, I'll fight you if anybody ever sends me one of those B O I, fucking for boy like oh yeah well no not even that (laughs) i was gonna say i don't write even my text this way but if you're the kind of person who's writing on physical paper or on Mm -hmm. facebook because b c u z yeah maybe maybe it's not for you different profession unless you're doing it as a a cool part of like performance poetry you know when you're gonna be like because You know, but I don't even write my text that way because I find that annoying. <laughs> no, I, I write in like proper prose, and it takes me forever to form a text message, and then people are like, "You never text me back." It's like it's gonna take ten minutes. And I don't have ten minutes right now. <laughs> my texts don't make sense because my thumbs are too fat, and <laughs> autocorrect doesn't get me. <laughs> <clears throat> but, the words uh, are properly spelled; they're just not always the right words. <laughs> but yeah, well, oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so we got the rough draft back down, I guess is what we're trying to say. Um, but the next step, of course, um, per the homework assignment, is this thing needs to get filmed. And I was curious, because you don't have the rough draft phase, you have it, like what I would call, and I don't know if there's a technical term, please let me know if there is, the visualization phase. 
I mean, I guess technically that would be the storyboarding. Yeah. I don't personally tend to storyboard just because uh, uh, I'm well, not when, good at it. <laughs> when we watched that documentary series, what was it? Uh, uh, movies. The movies that made us. Like um, all of the end credits, they had the drawings and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was curious if you did like drawings or if you took pictures. Yeah. Um, I I don't hand storyboard anything. No, I don't draw out pictures or anything like that. I do think it's an important step. If uh, you're less anal about drawing than I am, maybe you should (laughs) storyboard your film. Kristen picks up a pencil. She'll be there for eight hours. I, I will. <laughs> just I'm, erasing one line and redrawing the one line. And that's literally the truth. It's not necessarily that I am a bad drawer. I'm, I'm not the best, for sure. But uh, I, I did used to draw when I was younger. And I had a sketchbook full of work that I was actually proud of. But, uh, yeah, I'd spend a month drawing just a puppy. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I... I I don't storyboard because I'll be like, no, but it needs to look good. Like yeah. it can't just be this weird sketch stick figure. Like it's got to look good. So I, I don't storyboard, but um, what like I... I'm correcting his eyebrow and it's like the actor has <laughs> eyebrows. This is a light study. Get the shading good and get the fuck out. <laughs> but I have found some cool alternatives if you also don't storyboard. Yeah. Um, again, I recommend storyboarding or making notes in some form. It's not a good idea to walk in blind. I what, will... what do you find your best way when you do storyboard? Uh, well, first and foremost, I will take the script and just handwrite notes on the script of um, what I'm kind of thinking in my own head. Because a lot of the time when I'm reading a script, I'm picturing it as shots instead mm-hmm. of reading. Well, like the first read, I'll just read it as the cohesive cohesive story that it is but like when I'm going back and trying to break it down into how I want to film it like I'll think about it of how I want the shot to look so I'll make little notes of like camera here lights this way color this way whatever and then um do you see that like in my head yeah I do um and maybe if you're a beginning filmmaker you might not um I've picked up a camera enough times and used enough different varying lenses that I can kind of, it's not like a sharp clear, this is exactly what it's going to look like image in my you head. You like flashes of it. Yeah, I will, like if I want mid shots or close ups or like very specific shots for mm-hmm. a scene, I will in my head kind of have a vague idea of how it's going to look. So, um, yeah, the more practiced you are, that comes a little more naturally. Like, I can kind of have a vague image in my head of how I expect it to look. That's weird, because it's kind of the way that the story comes to the writer, like, in the same way. Like, you don't get the big cohesive thing. Like, it just kind of pokes its head out at you, and you're like, quick, okay, cool. <laughs> Next thing, quick. Let's yeah, I don't know if you've ever gone back and read any of my script notes, but like... Mm-hmm. Uh, Good for the dolls. But I didn't understand because you write in a lot of shorthand when you're making yeah, notes. <laughs> I, yeah, I do. I, I write just like, uh, I think on Ziggy, whenever we were doing the uh, notes for like the car scene, it was like tight, claustrophobic. Like mm-hmm. I would just write like a single word because in my mind I was like I knew what I, I meant by it. It's affected my script writing if you didn't notice on the... I have probably those two exact same words where I was like, and the bookshelves are too close, claustrophobic. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll make little notes like that because in my mind I'm like a tight shot that scene feels like it's too crowded Mm -hmm. almost. Um, But if you're not a person who hand draws storyboards, I do have a little bit of advice that's useful-ish if you have some spare money to throw around. Um, There are two, I'm sure there are probably cheaper apps that aren't quite as effective out there, but there are two pretty darn good apps for um, kind of helping you storyboard. So the one that I own is called Cadridge, I guess is how you pronounce it. It's a C-A-D-R-A-G. And you can actually pick... Um, and their menu from a list of cameras that you use. And the reason that that matters is I have the Canon 80D, um, which is a DSLR camera. And I know this doesn't mean anything to anyone who doesn't know anything about cameras, but it has a crop sensor in it. What does that mean? So a full-frame camera does not, on its own, cut down anything from what it sees. It'll literally see the 
full range of yeah. what the camera is capable of seeing. I have a camera that has a crop sensor, so it automatically crops out some of the image that the camera would have seen normally. So like when you were showing me the other day, um, and you had the widescreen lens on, and you were able to go in and digitally pick out a section, and then that would fill up the little screen thing? No, uh, the digital zoom, um, for my purposes, is literally just so I can focus. So okay. if I'm using a wide lens and I digitally zoom in, I'm aiming for what I want the focus point to be. So if... Uh, I was doing a wide shot and you were in the wide shot, I would digitally zoom into your eyes, make gotcha. sure I'm focused on your yeah. face and then just zoom back out so that I know that you are in focus. Mm -hmm. So that's the only reason I use the digital zoom. Um, and your camera wouldn't film it in the digital zoom anyway. Your camera just films based on whatever lens you have on. But um, no, like the actual image sensor in my camera doesn't see as much as a full frame camera would so whenever i put for instance a 50 millimeter lens on my camera it's actually cropped in tighter than it would be if my camera was a full frame so it's smaller it's seeing less than a full frame camera would so it's not really a true 50 millimeter on my camera so um for the purposes of using these storyboarding apps, that's why that matters, because if you don't pick the correct camera, if you pick a full frame camera and you're actually shooting on a crop sensor, that's not what your shot's gonna look like. Yeah. So um, it'll let you pick the camera that you're using and then it'll let you pick the type of lens you wanna use. And I was showing it to Brett earlier and I put my camera with a 50 millimeter um, lens on it and it'll show you literally from where you're standing what that shot would look like with that exact mm -hmm. camera and that exact lens so you can it's crazy yeah it's neat <laughs> <laughs> you can um it won't like film any video but it'll let you take a picture of it yeah. so you can just take little visual storyboards like oh this is what this scene's gonna look like and this is what that scene's gonna look like and change out your lenses and kind of just keep a record of kind of how you want those shots mm -hmm. to look so when you go to film it for real you already know what you're doing um, there's another one called Artemis Pro that's, uh, I think twice the price of Cadridge. So, um, it's like a $30 phone app. I personally it feel It sounds <laughs> crazy cool and I'm not going to lie. It might be your Christmas present. Right? <laughs> yeah, I really want it. I'm not going to lie. I do really want it. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't, and 30 bucks isn't really that much money. I Don't just... downplay my Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, we're buying just, a couch and we're getting <laughs> Artemis I haven't been able to justify spending $30 on an app is why I haven't <laughs> bought it um, but Artemis Pro is a little bit different from Cadridge because it'll let you do the same concept you can pick the camera pick the lens and you can take the photos but then you can actually also add they've got little built in 3D figures in their mm -hmm. app so they've got little 3D people little 3D vehicles and That's you can so fucking cool. yeah you can superimpose those on top of your picture that you took and then i think if i'm not mistaken there's also a feature that'll show you what the sun would look like in that area at certain times of day so you can faux light this picture that you've taken with these little 3D figures and literally see what your scene would look like and that's beneficial for me because I don't like drawing. <laughs> so I can put a little 3D person in there and be like, hey, light you. No, I fucking love that. <laughs> you were showing that. Uh, like Cabbage. The, the, not that one, the Artemis. I don't have. Oh, yeah, the You were pictures. showing me the pictures from the program, and that, that looks insane. Like, you mm. can get a lot done with that. And they can actually, I think on theirs, too... To some extent, I'm sure it's not as advanced as it would be if you were in. But like, uh, if you took like six angles and you were like, "Well, I want the car to come at me from this way," you could play with all of that before mm -hmm. you set up how you actually have to drive the car yeah. past. Yeah, so it's very money and time saving if you mm -hmm. have like a day ahead of time that you go out and plan all this out. So the day of, you could just be like, "Hey, we're doing it this yeah. way." Here's where the camera goes. Yeah. Big spray paint X in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> but um. There's also, I think, in Artemis, um, a level of color correction work that you can do. So you can actually take a picture. And I don't know if Artemis lets you take video or not. I know Cataraj doesn't. But um, you can take a picture and color grade it a little bit. I'm sure it's not as advanced as if you were using actual color grading software, but can kind of get a fill as you're doing your shots mm -hmm. of how you want your film to literally look in post. So it's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. That's a, a dorky thing to be 
pumped about, but I and think it might it's be cool. a holly jolly Christmas. <laughs> Because I need to get a Christmas present for my girlfriend. <laughs> but we moved to Montana with two fucking dollars in. We <laughs> broke as fuck since then. <laughs> Holy jolly Christmas uh, for my girlfriend. <laughs> Buying the Artemis Pro and I'm announcing it directly to her fucking face. Right. <laughs> I guess, but yeah, um, that's kind of... If I do any literal visual planning, that's kind of what I do. That's my approach. Um, a lot of it I do just see in my head. Like whenever we did the dolls, I didn't storyboard any of that. It was all just in my head. That's crazy so. interesting to me because I think that we're seeing the same pictures and we're interpreting them in two different ways. And of course, there's things like if you read the script for the dolls, it doesn't directly match what you shot. If you read the story that I wrote, it doesn't directly match the movie that we made. Yeah. Um, but there are elements throughout where it's like, I, I, I feel like we're both seeing those flashes. I don't know if we've ever talked about this. Whenever you saw it, did it look anything like what you thought in your mind? The movie? or Yeah. yeah. No, it was crazy close. Which is the most that you could ask for. <laughs> Which, I mean, there were things we literally had to change last yeah. minute, so there were some it, That's pretty... not the direct script, and we'll remake it one day. With the um, original concept for the script that more matches the story in the book. Which you can buy at... The Nightmarebox.blog. If you go down to the bottom right-hand corner, you can find it over there. If you go up to the top, you can go watch the fucking movie. <laughs> If you send me ten dollars, I'll send you the Madman Diaries, no matter where you, you are. You can in the read world. it, then watch it. Yeah, read it. I'll I'll send you the fucking script. I personally think <laughs> the, the actual story's better than the film, so you should definitely buy the book. Well, it's, it's under debate. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kristen's a better director than I am a writer. So, yeah. Um, speaking of kind of the holiday assignment and just our yeah. work in general though we've been watching uh hip-hop evolution i think is what it's called speaking of the holidays well, and the no. christmas assignment i'm getting doing the, the hip-hop evolution i'm getting to my point okay um, Kristen is not a massive rap fan let's set that out at the no, at the head i'm not and um, i oddly enough i get it you know i know who i am i know what i look like <laughs> massive hip hop fan <laughs> but I've been learning some things as yeah. we've been watching this and I think last night was the first episode that we watched where I was like oh that's kind of crazy like they're um, like not even actually rhyming what they're saying but what they're saying is timing to yeah. an imaginary beat that doesn't exist there's a beautiful interview with the gay silver hair fox reporter I can never remember his name uh, he does the New Year's things with Gifford. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah. I just don't know his name. Anderson. Anderson Cooper. Cooper. Uh, there's a beautiful interview with Anderson Cooper where um, he's talking with Eminem about the ability to rhyme. And M's like... Uh, Rhymes orange. Yeah. People say you can't rhyme the word orange. And I think it's borage. You know? like it, Or I think it's boring. He goes, you can rhyme orange. You got porridge with the door hinge. Like, <laughs> yeah. You showed me that one. And that was pretty cool. Um, but do you, like, from my perspective, movies usually have a whole lot of music in them. Mm -hmm. Um, so that clearly times into your pacing and, like, how scenes flow. So, um, do you feel like understanding, like, other art forms like that, like, the way music beats work like affects the way that you write, like, beats in your actual story? Because, yeah. I mean, that is a thing they teach you when you're going to classes about writing is like timing and beats and Rhythm. stuff and yeah in the actual writing process and it, it's a very when you think about it a concept directly related to music yeah it's kind of meta you know when you sit and you think about it but you don't want to write two 15 word sentences back to back yeah because your reader's going to fall asleep you want to write long sentences, short sentences, long sentences, short sentences, and then I like adding fragments. So I'll like I'll write a long sentence, and then one word, one word, three words, one word, long sentence, and it kind of keeps everything 
flowing. I do wonder, after having watched um, that episode last night, though, if that comes from your appreciation for hip-hop, because you are very effective with your use of fragments. It's not like there's just a random fragment thrown in here. No. Like, it is like a dunk. But I might, uh, yeah, I might write, like, he sits alone at the table in the living room, feeling constrained, period, constricted, period, rejected, period. And then, you know... A lot of that comes out of my love for hip-hop. That sounds so weird in my voice. Um, <laughs> but, like, the Mad I've never Man, thought about it before last night, though. Yeah, the Madman Diaries, for example. I mean, you you watch me write poetry. Like, I, I, I write poetry in the way that you would write rap lyrics because mm. I don't see a difference between hip-hop, like, good hip-hop, and poetry. It's yeah. just, like, button poetry with Rudy Francisco is just rap music without a beat. It's just acapella rap, but yeah. it's all Langston Hughes. Um, we could do a whole episode on that. But, <laughs> um, the Madman Diaries, for example, opens with the quote from King Kill 33 by Marilyn Manson and the quote from David Bowie from... Um, not Changes, but it's on that album. Uh, all the nightmares came today and it looks like they'll be here to stay but it's you know those two songs and you could read those quotes and not listen to the songs and you probably wouldn't get it mm -hmm. but you can listen to those songs back to back and I think that puts you in the mood to read the book because yeah. the book is kind of written in this bipolar way and those two songs are artistically very different um, audibly very very different it's Marilyn Manson and David Bowie <laughs> um, but they convey the same idea like in my head so like they needed to be there at the beginning I picked that up from King though I can't claim that to be my own but rhythm's very important yeah like in your writing the music you're listening to do you to. think it's a conscious or subconscious thing that you're doing well I think like with every thing that you get a new appreciation for like if i look into painting right and i'm like learning a lot about the art of painting <laughs> the cats are literally boxing each other right next to her breath <laughs> i was trying not to laugh at it <laughs> you see max out of the corner of my eye just going like to town boxing winston he's like all right andy ruiz i'm coming at you <laughs> Um, oh, okay. I'm glad you acknowledged that because I was trying so hard not to laugh at it because I could just see it out of the corner of my eye. Uh, I was trying to like be serious and listen. <laughs> Winston's just getting boxed up on the fucking cat tree. Alright, what was I saying? I lost it. Uh, I asked you if you thought that was a conscious or subconscious thing. Well, it, 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 it's different parts. You know, like if I'm looking at paintings I think that's what I was getting at. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a lot of Van Gogh. I'm looking at a lot of his paint strokes as opposed to like O'Keefe or any, you know, number of other painters. Um, I'm going to try to think that way. Like Van Gogh does fragmented painting. So I really like him because he reminds me of all the other things I like. Like I love Led Zeppelin because that's like fragmented rock and roll and Eminem is like fragmented you know, hip hop and, um, true crime. Cause it's fragmenting lives. Yeah. Cause you can <laughs> chop people into different <laughs> tiny portions. <laughs> but no, any, any art form that you gain an appreciation for is going to affect your own art form. Um, but you have to try to understand why the decisions were made in a thing that you don't get. Right. Like I love film, but I could never be a filmmaker. I could just draw what I love from various horror films and try to put that into my writing. Or I, I love rap music, so I'm going to pull elements from that and try to put that into my little cauldron, my, my, my little mixer. You're not going to catch any bye-bye-bye from Brett Blum. Bye-bye-bye-bye-bye. <laughs> I wish I would have killed myself thing. before I made a couple million and then came out as gay and all these girls keep... <laughs> No, I think everything affects you. Um, what's most affected outside of the filmmaking itself? Your filmmaking, do you think? Is it reading or a visual art or music? Um, 
which well, seems a little cliche because it's it's close. Yeah, it's very <laughs> close. Um, but yeah, I guess because uh, that's a secondary love for me. It's helped me like learn to visualize moving pictures a bit better. Um, like I've always oh the moving pictures. <laughs> well, I've always my whole life like uh, I had a little um, disposable camera you know that you'd actually have to go develop the film for um pretty much as soon as i was old enough to understand like how to use one and how it worked and stuff mm -hmm. so i have a little box of like memories um probably in a box here somewhere maybe in the closet um i don't know you should dig into it and figure out where it is <laughs> where your memories are <laughs> it's full of like photos i've been taking since i was in middle school and uh granted those are all just shitty like uh Smile for the yeah. camera. I clicked the picture kind of photos. Like disposable but, um, camera. Like I had to go to the Walgreens. Get you accidentally double exposed a photo because the film got caught. Yeah. yeah, like real shitty photos. Not not good photos by any means. Yeah. Um, but I think the fact that I have almost always had a camera in my hand my whole life has kind of affected the way that I see um, filmmaking. And I think that's why whenever I go to look at a script, it's a little easier for me to picture stuff I don't necessarily picture it as a moving image like I'll mm -hmm. picture it as kind of a snapshot of how I want it to look and I think that that's helped kind of develop I guess like even though I don't have a very definitive one like my style like it's helped develop my love of like certain image tones and stuff like that and how I composite shots because I kind of have an understanding just from having a camera in my hand for so long what I like. Yeah. So. Do you think the drawing plays any part in it? I gave that up a long time ago because I was very anal about it and I knew that that was my problem because um, my sister. Do you think you've moved that energy into photography? Probably. Yeah. I'm a little anal about my photography too <laughs> though. I'm not as bad as I am with my. I saw you take a picture of a lens today where you put a rug in a camera case. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, it's going to help with the lighting. And it I was looks like, pretty, well, it, didn't it, it? It came out beautiful. I'm just saying. <laughs> that is not, you know, not anal retentive. Photography trickery. <laughs> uh, no, it was a pretty background. <laughs> uh, it was all wispy. It looked like ever, cotton candy. If you ever see the behind the scenes of how photos are made, they never look anything like what the photo mm -hmm. actually <laughs> looks like. I posted a photo today of the new lens I bought, and uh, that was literally just a little cheap fur rug thrown over my camera case. <laughs> That the lens was sitting on top of. <laughs> like facing the window of the balcony so I could catch the sunlight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I did enjoy drawing. I have a great respect for actual um, painters and way more skilled drawers than I will ever be. My oldest sister is one of the best um, drawers I've ever known in my entire life. And uh, she could sketch something out in an afternoon and it would be the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a need to control the scene too much, which maybe is why I should be a director. Uh <laughs> I mean, it, it seems like it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I would literally, that's not a joke, I would draw a line ten times, keep erasing it until there were smudges on the page you couldn't get rid of and be like, fuck, I'm not going to start all mm -hmm. over. So I don't I don't think that ever played an influence into it, but um, I think reading... If you look at my drawings, they look like the way I write. <laughs> like I've got a drawing I... of uh, the dude from Nightmare Before Christmas and it's all done with like the side of a charcoal piece. <laughs> but I, it just I, looks crazy and fucking nightmarish. I like that style when people can pull it off and it doesn't look like a third grader did it or whatever. Like yeah. the work that you do. I'm somewhere between the third grade and, not. you know, <laughs> enough to get paid for it. <laughs> no, like the work that you do looks intentionally like almost like a sketch, you know, mm -hmm. and it looks like it was purposely made that way. And I like that style. I just don't have... You got a realism. The ability, yeah, I don't have the ability to let go to that extent. And the weirdest thing about it is, um, I couldn't draw. I couldn't sit down with a piece of paper and draw from nothing. I couldn't imagine something in my head and just draw it out. What I would do when I was a kid was I would take an actual existing photograph or an existing object mm. that was in the room 
and draw something that looked nothing like it but I would hmm. use it as a reference. Like I would draw um, a dog, for instance. I would, I would have a photo of like a dog that I had and then draw the same dog, just not doing the same thing or not sitting the same way or whatever. But That's I needed, yeah, I needed the initial reference to be like, I need to know what the dog is supposed to look like, but I'm not going to draw that dog. I'm yeah. going to draw this dog. Like it could be sitting, but you draw it running. Standing or yeah, yeah. whatever. But I had to have the visual reference to be like, what does the dog look like? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd, weird lack of ability to transfer the realistic thing onto paper but also like desperately needing to control the image so yeah my my art career died in early death (laughs) it just reinvented itself and became something better (laughs) so yeah i do uh photography and videography now (laughs) that's fucking beautiful i think watching movies we should do a deep dive into that Why Kristen can't draw? No, why Kristen, the, the, the influences. Like we should do like a whole episode on the various artistic things. Because I did the drawing, I did the painting. Like right before you met me, I was painting. One of my paintings is in the apartment. Um, tried music, I still own a guitar. <laughs> that didn't work. It would be fun to like hear about your history where you felt around and you were like, ah, that thing didn't go, this thing didn't go. I owned a guitar go. too. I never, never had a knack You want to write a song together? That would be fun. <laughs> no, be fun. I don't have any rhythm. Me, I've, I've, I got enough. To, I like, don't have enough I and can, I can't sing. Well, then so. you, you write the song. I'll have the I'll little egg the shaker. And Jax can wail at the moon. I'll have the the egg shaker. I can do that. It'll be tambourine. It'll be you. It'll be me. It'll be Max Jackson Winston, and we'll come up with a name. It'll be the uh, Crestview Five or the (laughs) the Missoula Minutemen or some shit like that. (laughs) This album sucks. (laughs) Kristen and the Missoula Minutemen. Um, because that's how long I can have sex for. Or walk upstairs without losing the, <laughs> the minute. That would be a fun episode. We should definitely do that. I'm not writing a song with you. I have no musical talent. Okay, well then I'll write a song and you can claim some other talent. <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, record it for you. <laughs> I can do that. But um, I think that's about time for us because we have to go eat spaghetti and keep drinking beer and having a good goddamn time. So, um <laughs> No, I, I, I'm I'm excited to see how the homework assignment comes out. I'm I'm pumped about this entire situation. It'll be my first acting gig. Ooh, how do you feel about that? Uh, I feel like um, if a person were in a vegetative state, they could do that job. So uh, we'll see if that changes over the course of the month. If I'm like, oh, acting is hard. The, the writing and the directing were a bastard, but, you know, acting, that's where it is, reading lines off paper and doing exactly what Did they say. Do you think say. of a self-conscious seeing yourself on video? Uh, maybe, but people take pictures of me a lot, so not too terribly I take pictures of you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> By people, you mean me well, specifically? I was trying to keep it sexy for the audience. Like, I can't even go get a fucking omelet without somebody asking for a selfie. Goddamn paparazzi. Uh, goddamn paparazzi. They killed Princess Di and now they're trying, trying to kill, to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you guys do have any pictures of uh, myself or Kristen and you want to put those That's up creepy. on Instagram, you can do that over That's at... That's fucking creepy. <laughs> At uh, Nightmare Box Productions. <laughs> or you can tweet them over at... Nightmare Box Pro. Or you can swing on over to the website at... TheNightmareBox.blog. And if you go down to the bottom right-hand side, you will see the Madman Diaries. Send me $10. I don't care if it takes $14 to get it to you. I will send it to you. I'll bite the $4. Just send me 10 bucks. Give me your address. I'll send you that book. If you go up to the top right-hand side, you're going to see the dolls directed by the beautiful, the effervescent, the rapable Kristen Pennington. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that nickname doesn't stick. Uh, Or you can go on over to YouTube.com slash Kristen Pennington. You can see all the work that she's been doing and all the work that she will be doing. And uh, we'll have a YouTube page for the Nightmare Box set up to watch the homework assignment at... I still don't have a URL for that. Do we have a Vimeo? We do have a Vimeo. That's uh, Vimeo.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. It'll probably go over there, too. Probably. Did I miss any? 
the email, which um, I was talking to Brett earlier today, we were considering adding. I have my own photography website, which I'm not going to give you the URL to either because I don't know that offhand either. Um, but we were considering adding some of the stuff that I have on as the animals lose their shit on our website. So I, on my photography page, I have a list of like the equipment I use and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So if you guys are like when we did the dolls, the special effects makeup we used for that, I have kind of like tips about that on my website. So if you guys are interested in seeing that on the nightmare box blog, <laughs> send us an email at nightmareboxproductions at gmail and let us know because uh, I might move some of that stuff over to our company's website so you yeah. can kind of see a breakdown of the gear we use, how we pull off some of the special effects that we do. So if you're um, wanting to kind of branch out in your own work, you can kind of get a feel for it. You know what we use to get the shots that we made, and that's artists helping other artists, which is what we set out to do. Do we have any more? I think that's all of them. Love you, sweetheart. I love you. And I love you guys, and we'll talk to you next week.